City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. It's draft night. Joining me to start the show, Chase Whitney, Tim Rogers of Hunters and Heartbreak. Tim, Chase, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It feels good to hear that that draft tune because we're going to hear it for real in about 15 minutes here. I'm very excited to get a live reaction to this this draft with you guys. I know we got a big surprise in store for number one. I can only wait to see what happens at number two. Yeah, very excited. Thank you guys for having me on. No, it's, it's an exciting time. And I, I know the question in everyone's mind is, oh, every Hornets fan mind is one thing. What the fuck is Grady Dick wearing? <laughs> this, is, uh, this is next level stuff. I mean, we, we've got about 10, 15 minutes here until uh, to the, you know, the draft actually starts. But right now we're just getting all the little close-ups of different players in their suits. Scoot has got some grills on, which by the way, could be an ode to you-know-who. Um, Grady Dick... Looks like one of Santa's little helper uh, crossed with the demolition man. Um, it's a, it's an interesting time. I, I posted this earlier. I don't know if I'm getting older or draft suits are getting wackier, and I think it's probably probably the, the first one there. But let's let's move on. Scoot, Brandon Miller. Guess no one knows what's going on. Tim, you were saying before you jumped on, you you basically have no feel for what's going to happen with this pick. No, yeah, I just feel completely. Just helpless at the whim of whatever, you know, Jordan slash Cupjack decides to do. Uh, you know, I'm leaning a certain way, but um, yeah, no, I have no feel whatsoever. Are we, are we happy that this is the case? The fact that no one knows what's going on and it, like the betting market will show that no one has a clue. It is swung back and forth like a yo-yo in the last 24, 48 hours. Is this a good thing, Chase? Do you think this is by design by the Charlotte Hornets front office? Absolutely. I think this was all part of the plan. I mean, even throughout the process over the last couple months, we had gotten a ton of rumors, but never anything that really seemed like it was concrete. And now over the last like two or three days, and especially just today on draft day, the odds have swung so far in favor of each player. I don't think anybody outside of that building has any idea what's going to happen here. It's going to be fascinating to see. I mean, do you think it's fair to call this pick the biggest decision in franchise history? Name other ones that could compete for it. Because I was looking at, you know, when they had the number two pick of MKG, um, you know, when they had the number three pick, they took out of Morrison. Just where this point is at with new ownership coming in, having this this down year, but still quite an interesting, young, promising core, and already having like another all-star caliber play on the roster. Tim, is this the biggest moment in Hornets franchise history to get this pick right? Um, Yeah, off the top of my head, I would say yes, because with the Lamelo pick, there was almost a lack of pressure. You were third, so, you know, in a three-person draft, kind of fell to you. And if you missed that pick, you just restarted the next year and ran it back. But now it's like, we actually do have some momentum uh, with LaMelo and, you know, people coming back this season. I think that's interesting. Uh, you mentioned the MKG pick. Does it feel a little bit better knowing that even if we took Bradley Beal, we would have just ended up with five second round picks? 
<laughs> and however many first round pick swaps. Yeah. I, yes, it feels a little bit better now, but for, there was a period of time there when, you know, Wall and Beal were in the playoffs where it did not feel good at all. Now it softens the blow a little bit, though. That is definitely for sure. Yeah, there's been some interesting moves today. There's obviously the Chris Ball, Chris Paul for Jordan Poole move. There was the Chris Stapps Pozingas to Boston trade, which I thought was a really good move for Boston. Um, been some interesting moves. Charlotte haven't been involved in any yet. I think undoubtedly, what, what's the over-under for trades tonight? What do we think? I, I'm, I'm going to set the line at, at 2.5. You're taking the over, the under on trades there. Tim? Um, I'll take the over. feel like there's always a cash consideration. It's just baked in. Um, it's Jordan's so. last chance. Sell those second row picks. <laughs> <laughs> My last move as owner of the Charlotte Hornets is to sell the 34th, 41st pick. <laughs> what do you think, Chase? Mm, that's a good line. Two and a half is a good line. You you might have a future in this, in this field, James, but... I probably go over too. I think that I mean they just have a lot of picks. Like they're they're gonna have to make some moves in some ways, unless they just want to kind of renounce every single free agent they have and trade away players for picks in the futures, which is a possibility. So so maybe they just make all five picks and that happens. But my bet bet would be that they trade probably twenty seven and then they maneuver some of these second round picks, maybe a little closer into two way territory than in the early thirties and forties. I'm convinced that Charlotte have worked out some plays in secret that the fan base doesn't know about. Um, you know, I, I saw, uh, you know, one of the assistant coaches for the team post on Instagram the other day that he's worked out 116 prospect. On the public listing, there is 103. So there is a missing number of prospects here who we have not heard about. The team's not publicized. And I know there is at least one player in Jordan Walsh who was due to work out with the Charlotte Hornets. And he either didn't or that workout was one that was not released to the public. I don't know which of those it is. I just know that it was scheduled and we never saw anything happen. So I do wonder if there's some like secret targets, maybe trade up targets that we haven't heard about. Um, it's it's definitely going to be it's definitely going to be interesting to see how the latter half of this latter half of the draft plays out. Jonathan Wasserman from Bleacher Report actually reported um, in a, like a last minute intel thing he did yesterday that jordan walsh that, that the hornets actually really like jordan walsh so there you might there might be something to that well we might find that out a little bit later if if he ends up being a trade-up target or if he just falls to them at 27 or one of the other yeah. picks does um does your philosophy change at all in the back of the first round as opposed to the front of the first round are you more of like a go for a home run swing go for immediate action have any feelings I think with new owners, the home run swing is like something you probably do when you're a little bit more comfortable. Like you, you want to be coming in. You don't want to be people telling you that you made a bust pick or something happening off court. You want to try and play it pretty safe. And I think one of the really interesting factors going to this draft night, which I don't think has been talked about enough, mainly because we only found out yesterday through Mitch Kupchak, is that the new owners are in Charlotte. They are going to be part of the discussions. Mitch Kupchak said that he's going to be speaking to them. He's going to be getting their views. Um, this is not a... They can sell it as a Michael Jordan and Mitch Kupchak are in charge. We're just doing this thing and nothing changes. That is not the case. These new owners are already involved and every right to be, right? They're paying $3 billion for whatever this controlling stake. 
and you think you'd want to have a say in like maybe like we said the biggest draft night decision in franchise history you don't want to just inherit that um so i think new owners will definitely have some influence throughout the draft and and that's one of the reasons i think i'm leaning for scoot henderson at two because it's just an easier sell right he's obviously the the fan base's most popular pick he's you know you're going to get praised by draft analysts by the media uh he's probably a better marketing face of the franchise type player than Brandon Miller, both for personality reasons, probably stylistically, also just has a cool name. Can't and can't rule out that as well. And very finally, important factor. very important factor. And finally, he doesn't have off-court baggage that he's carrying. And if I'm a new owner, I I know what is like the safe, the press conference win is Scoot Henderson. And that's why I think at this point, and we're, look, we're all going to look stupid in like five minutes here. But this is why at this point, I, I think that he is the most likely pick. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I thought it was funny that, you know, like the MJ gets final say. It's like, if you bought a house from someone for $3 million and you wouldn't just let them remodel the kitchen with no say before you bought it. It's like, I have a hard time thinking if these guys dropped, you know, $1.8 billion, I'm sure they have a say. Um, it'll be interesting to see where they go. Um, you know, big off season for that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I guess as a Hornets fan, I'm so scarred that I, you know, was telling myself nothing could be worse than what Jordan's done as far as, you know, just picks, not as far as, you know, just fully marketing the team. But, uh, now it's kind of creeping in. I'm like, God, what if we just take Cam Whitmore at the second pick? Like, what if they just do something crazy? I'm just, I'm scarred as a Hornets fan against all, you know, against all rationale and logic. I think my lack of well, anger in that hypothetical situation would upset every listener that yes. we have if that happened, because I would be like, well, it's not that no, bad. <laughs> I, I, I've been beating the Cam Whitmore outside the top 10 here, uh, <laughs> since since March, and I, I would not be here for that. I, I'd been, I'd been mailing it in at that point. I'm, I'm the one telling everyone to, like, you know, take a calm and, you know, give whoever they draft a chance, and if it be Cam Whitmore, I'd be, like, storming off off this live podcast and, like, wouldn't come back, so... Yeah, no, that's that's not going to happen here. Um, yeah, I, I, do you think? Yeah, I, I just think with that new owner input, that's going to be a defining factor here. Um, I've heard from some people that Brandon Miller, that, that a lot of the people within the team like Scoot Henderson, but there is some concern uh, that the very top of the front office and ownership may have a preference for Brandon Miller. Um, we know who will win in that debate. If that is the truth, uh, it'll be the top end of the franchise. Um, but I generally don't think they made a decision yesterday when Mitch Kupchak spoke to the media. I, I didn't think the decision was in at all. Um, and I think everything that's been reported up to this point has been speculation and bluster. Um, and we're only going to get to find out when Adam Silver walks out on that stage. So how far are we on the on the draft here? Are, are the Spurs on the clock yet? Yes, yeah, we've are. got a little over four minutes left on the Spurs uh, <laughs> clock here. What, what, how long do you guys think this is gonna this is gonna take? Obviously, this pick is preemptively made, um, but they've got five minutes. So are they gonna take the whole five minutes here? Uh, yes, the, I, because they have to give the uh, the broadcast time to show the Wemby highlights and to show his family and to you know get, get the get the draft hat ready. I think for all those reasons, I'm I'm saying yes. 
Obviously, it won't happen. What would you do if they took Brandon Miller first? <laughs> Re- rejoice. Uh, we that that would genuinely cause um, like some sort of mass hysteria in some way. That would what if that they would still I mean, passed on Victor. I think they would. Well, I think they would. They'd be like the Spurs must know there's something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> this is a great hypothetical that we've made where Wemby falls to three in Portland. That would keep Damian Lillard in town. Let's talk about well, a, a youth movement that he could probably get in tune with right away. <laughs> so we're going to play the fun game here on the live podcast, which is always interesting, is to try and judge where our streams are compared to each other, which I know is just great for the listener. So Chase, you can see Tim's screen, uh, stream here. How how linked up are you to his stream, do you think? Um, I think I might be a little bit behind. So the pick is in. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm a long I'm way still, behind. I'm still getting highlights. Uh, I'm a, I'm a right long now, way so. behind. I'm at least like a minute behind. But there's nothing I can do to make mine any quicker. So we're just going to go with that. But Tim, I can see your TV, so that's great. No, no, keep it where it was, because then I can uh I can see your TV, and then I can just basically if someone can turn their sound on for the picks, we can get a little bit of. Uh, if I, can we get some audio now? Someone, uh, Chase, you want to put your sound on and see if we can just like hear the commentary here to so hear, yeah. hear the announcement. See if we can hear the Victor one. I've lost your sound now, Chase. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it just plays through my headphones. Okay, all right. Um, Tim might be able to put his sound on loud enough that we can uh, get it through his headphones, maybe, but we will have to see. It does not appear that is the case. We cannot hear it, but it is fine. We will. I'm sure uh, Tim won't be able to hide his... Uh, reaction here when we when we see it but tim is going to be the first one to know what the Charlotte hornets have done here so tim it is all down to you and your reaction to try and communicate to us what the Charlotte hornets have done in about five minutes time i've lost your sound tim i will try to i will try to keep it as professionally as possible um we know from last (laughs) year's draft uh (laughs) i do um it's embarrassing this morning i woke up at 4 45 just like you know there was sound rustling and like a little kid on christmas i was like it's draft day there's no going back to bed i just got to work early i was just uh i was too pumped i was too jazzed to go to bed so i am genuinely like a little kid on this day it's my second favorite day of the year last year's draft live draft show was was a fun one when we were all rejoicing at drafting of jalen duran (laughs) you you were very eloquently explaining why he was the perfect pick and then Chase broke the news that we traded him and there was a meltdown live on the podcast, which it can't happen again this year, at least at least not with number two, you know, unless they announce that it's Scoot Henderson and it's going to New Orleans, then 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 there probably would be a bit of a meltdown. But yeah. Yeah, here's here's the hoping. And uh, have you guys looked up uh, Jalen Duran's advanced stats versus Mark Williams? They're close to identical. I'm still, that's still the, like, the one thing Mitch Kupchak has done. Like, I'll give him a pass on the book night, Kai Jones. All right, process was there. Sometimes you miss. It's really unforgivable to trade the 13th pick for the Nuggets lottery protected pick and second round pick. I know it got McGowan's. We have to wait. What happens tonight with 27, which is a big part of that pick, right? What happens with that? And I think the, they got two second round picks tonight. I think after tonight, we'll have a much clearer idea of, I, I agree just like in the moment and even now, even if it works out well, like just the, the strategy and the value in that trade was 
was way off. And like for me, the debate was never like Mark Williams was during. It was just like, what are you, what are you doing trading a lottery pick for what they traded for? But um, <laughs> you never know. They could pull a miracle out of the hat here and they, they do something later in the draft. It will be, it will be interesting to see. So is Victor in San Antonio yet? Has he got the draft hat on yet? Doesn't seem so. He looks he looks like he's ready at his table though. <clears throat> I mean, every like close up they have of him, he's just like is he's just like talking, like sitting, like rocking back in his chair. I think he's he's ready to go. He's still what? just repeating to himself, thank God I'm not going to Houston. That's what he is. <laughs> yeah, he's right. it to himself. That was the funniest, one of the funniest like NBA clips of the summer so far was when Houston came up at number four in the lottery and he gave like a little fist pump or whatever being like, all right, cool. Not, not going there. That was good. All right. We got Adam Silver on the stage now for me. So, oh, yep. I see him. I see him shaking hands in the background for Tim. So Wemby is officially a San Antonio Spur and the Charlotte Hornets are on the the clock. clock. If you if you had to guess, what do you think uh, Wemby's rookie year stats will be? Ooh, that's great a question. great question. Oh boy. Oh. James, I'm gonna go say first. I'm gonna say 17, seven rebounds, uh, two assists, maybe one no, one and a half assists. I'm gonna say that he blocks. Four shots a game, but also probably averages like four fouls a game. Like, I think he's going to block everything, but foul everybody at the same time. So, yeah, 17, seven, one and a half, and maybe not four. Maybe that's excessive. Let's go three and a half blocks per game. I, he's going he's gonna to block shots that no player in the NBA, in the history of the NBA, has ever had a shot block doing that. Like, someone's going to go for, like, Lamelo Ball is going to go for his, like, 20-foot <laughs> floater. And it's going to get blocked somehow. And the Mel is going to be like, no one's ever blocked that. It's just going to happen. Yeah, I, I, I'll probably go. I think I might be a little bit lower on his rookie year scoring. So probably like I'll go 16 because I think he might maybe take a little bit to adjust to being like the guy running the show in the way that he did with the Mets because he kind of could just freewheel in a way that he's not going to be able to do with the Spurs and have to fit into an offense and stuff. So I'll go. 15 points, eight rebounds, two assists, uh, probably three, three and a half blocks too. Like he's literally going to be a game breaking defender. Like I don't, if I wish there was a stat for this, but he's going to break the record for shots blocked without two feet, without his feet leaving the (laughs) ground, like flat footed, just swatting stuff out of the air. Like he's going to break the record for flat footed shot blocks in a year, like probably in the first two weeks of the season. Like, it's gonna when, be crazy. When the Hornets play the Spurs, uh, over or under shots blocked by Wemben Yama on James Booknight. Go. You assume James Booknight's gonna be playing? <laughs> that's a that would, that's a very good point. Uh three and a half. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. The Hornets are on the clock as we speak. Uh we we're all blind with Twitter, so none of us oh the dog knows to pick. He knows what's yep. going on. Scoot, 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 scoot. <laughs> scoot, That's scoot, what scoot, I heard. scoot. Um, I have to. Uh, in fact, I have to share some uh, some little uh, rhymes here for for this is from Hornets Planet from a forum. Some little mottos for Scoot: shoot for Scoot, hoot for Scoot, toot for Scoot, root for Scoot, loot for Scoot, 
in cahoots for Scoot, there going go. down the chute for Scoot, if you're Canadian, all a boot Scoot, <laughs> Groot for Scoot, clink your champagne flutes for Scoot. There we go. How do we like those? Which is anyone that piqued your interest there? In cahoots for Scoot, yeah. and if you're Canadian, all a boot Scoot are definitely <laughs> the two that take the cake for me. I like both of those quite a bit. And Brandon Miller doesn't have anything. That's that's the enthusiasm yeah. <laughs> fan base. Has. Yeah, it's just not a very it's... rhymable name. Yeah, Sco- Scoot Henderson is like one of the best basketball names yeah. in recent memories. Like that's like like Carmelo Anthony, like Magic Johnson. Like it's it's on like that tier. That's, I think that's one of those you hear like your great grandpa would be like, "Ah, oh, remember Shoeless Joe Jackson? Him and Scoot Henderson, man, they stole a hundred right. combined bases." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You never watched them with the Chicago White Sox in 1938. <laughs> I did. Um, let, let's let's quickly turn to Brandon Miller. What did we make of the comments yesterday? Paul Paul George is the greatest of all time. He saw Michael Jordan airball a free throw, and he wasn't like that impressed. And he talked crap to Michael Jordan. Um, do, do we think that he is? Com- I, I think it's one of like three things. I think one, he's spiteful because he's no, not he knows he's not the pick. Two, he has just like no idea what he's saying is controversial, and he's like speaking his mind without thinking he's speaking to the media when he's in the eye of the media. Or three, he like had such a like a rapport with Michael Jordan, he's like happy to talk shit, and he knows Michael Jordan will respect it. And I can't figure out which of those three things it is. You think he's negging Michael Jordan? he's like reeling him in pick is in here guys so pick is in or before i answer this the pick is in <sighs> okay right. a little it's bit been about eight podcasts countless articles and it all come down to this i know here we go charlotte hornets are on the clock with the biggest also, decision to, to answer that uh brandon miller thing really quickly i actually don't think it's as unpopular among young people as we might think to think paul george is the, like the best basketball player ever because i remember seeing a video of carmelo anthony's son uh kyan anthony saying the exact same thing like not that long ago so i think that's uh, young kids i think just like paul george so i feel like we can get we could at least give him a pass for that one even though he's obviously a little bit off on that <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the Paul George one, he was definitely like poking some fun. I think he loves Paul yeah, George and he was definitely. always like giving a shout out to the guy. He he said he's idolized him from when he was young. He was giving him like a bit of a shout out. I, I think like without, I saw an Instagram afterwards, he put like crying face that, um, with Paul George. I, I think he knew what he was doing with that one. Talking about him airballing the free throw, Jordan telling him he's just a shooter, like all that kind of stuff. It just felt like, it was just weird, and I, I can't tell if I loved it, and it's like, he was like, I'm not intimidated by anybody, or if I absolutely hated it. I was I was torn when I see it. Um, I think you will think about that differently, depending who the pick is. That's fair. It also could be an Anthony Edwards situation, where all of his quotes seem terrible, and then now that we've gotten <laughs> to know Anthony Edwards, you're like, wow, that's like the funniest guy in the league. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. I think that's a great point. Uh, Wemby's crying. Fair enough, Wemby. That's that's all right. Um, Tim, what I want to know is when they draft Scoot Henderson, which butt cheek are you getting the <laughs> uh, the tattoo on, left or right? Oh, I'm getting a tramp stamp. I want everyone. <laughs> you want people to see it? Yeah, you know, I I wear a lot of tank tops in my everyday life, so yeah, I want right. I want as much uh, bang for buck as possible. Brandon Ooh. Miller's on the phone. Okay, it's in. The pick is in. What's going to happen? 
Oh, it's Brandon Miller. Oh, it's Brandon Miller. Oh. It is Brandon Miller is the second pick <sighs> for the Charlotte Hornets. Chase, he's ranked fifth or sixth on your board. Is that right? Fifth, yes. Fifth. Tim, mm-hmm. he was your second choice behind Scoot Henderson. Um, I can see you're both pretty downtrodden. He was also my second choice as well. I had Scoot Henderson just ahead of him. Um, I, I sense the energy is drained from the podcast instantly. Uh, Chase, I'm coming to you for immediate, immediate emotional feelings. Don't give me a brain. I want emotion. Oh, that's tough, man. I really, I was really, I really thought we were going to get to watch Scoot every night for eight years at least, alongside Lamelo. Damn, man. I mean, I, I don't. No, I'm, this is not to be like. I don't think I'm not that upset that we ended up with Brandon Miller. I still think he'll be a good player, but obviously, the discrepancy between him and Scoot was pretty noticeable for me. Um, but damn, man. I, I yeah. honestly, I also just thought it would be Scoot. I thought that they were going to be I like, oh, it... they were going to zig when everybody zagged and all the reports, like the whole not knowing thing was kind of going against like what the mainstream thought with the fit, like being the easiest, uh, with Brandon Miller. But I don't know. I mean, I mean, maybe that's just a combination of both. They think he fits best and he was just a better prospect, but yeah, so we, now, we've got our now, answer. We've got our now answer. Now do we rewrite history that, uh, the Hornets really do leak everything and everyone knew what the Hornets were going to do all along because everyone had like uh, Brandon Miller ranked second on the mock drafts and everyone said that was the buzz and it was absolutely accurate. Um, or if people got lucky. I think people got lucky. I, I, I think it, if you, if people, it's probably easier to project the Hornets having a point guard, drafting a wing, and then, you know, they have Mark Williams as the center of the future it's probably just easier, I think, just to plug those pieces in. And people probably watch more college basketball than G League basketball as well, which might have helped. But Tim, what, what do you think? Um, Tim's just I'm, been I'm bummed in out. Silence. I, Tim, part of Tim just died. He's been silent uh, since the pick yeah, was made. I, mean, I'll, I, will, I will talk myself into it by tomorrow morning. Uh, Okay, I'm I'm not you know like again if we had the third pick and we took Brandon Miller I'd be ecstatic. Um, like I don't I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's you know. Well, that's good. We picked him second, and Tim doesn't think he's bad. So like, that's, that's a positive. I don't know. I just um, I'm not calling him Brandon Rush or anything, but um, I don't know. It it scares me a little bit, and it's also even if it does turn out to be the right pick, it's just one of those things that for the next six months you're gonna hear any pseudo basketball expert just bag on the hornets as usual uh i know that's not the end all be all you know i think that brandon miller will be good but um yeah just scoot scoot was in at least in my opinion the clear pick uh go with the upsides brandon miller i like we just kind of drafted slightly more athletic pre-injury chandler parsons with the second pick (laughs) no Now, Tim, when we first got the number two pick, you were team Brandon Miller. We were messaging about uh-huh. this. That's true. So what? So what's led to this turnaround? Um, really, I was, I, I have. <laughs> see, this is where the bias comes in. I had a friend that was very high on Scoot, and I was like, I just tired of hearing about it. Thought he was a little, uh, thought he was a little overrated. But um, the more I watch and those the interviews as well, and like I normally never care about this stuff. I'm I'm shocked that MJ was not swung by interviewing and hanging out with Scoot Miller 
for um or scoot miller god scoot scoot henderson my brain is fried scoot miller. i'm just <laughs> no, that would be a great i'm just trying to speak it into existence yeah it would be a great player uh it's fine brandon miller will be good he'll be a you know Anytime you can draft a taller Buddy Heald's, you got to do it. <laughs> We've had Brandon Rush, Chandler Parsons, <laughs> Buddy Heald. Who else you got locked away in this uh, this comparison closet too? <laughs> I, I, I want to give like some discount better. Richard Lewis here pretty soon, something like that. Yeah. We, oh, we can I, get coming on this. I, I want to get inside of this. I want to get inside <laughs> of this. I want to say a slightly less athletic Paul George. I want to say uh, Brandon Ingram style. Okay, I I, I think. But I think he's a better shooter than all those players. I think he's one of the best shooting six foot nine wings there has been in the draft. Period. I, I can't tell you many guys at his size who who can guard the way that he can. He's not a special shooter, but is a, is a skill that he can absolutely hang his hat on. And he's a guy who you know you can be able to use in all sorts of sets with Lamelo Ball. You think imagine the two man game. You know if two guys go with Lamelo, you're going to be easy find Brandon Miller. Um, he's big enough that he can set a screen. We know he needs to put on weight. We know the issue for the Hornets is going to be rim pressure now because neither Brandon Miller or Lamelo Ball are great rim pressure guys. But I will say, I, I do think Brandon Miller is probably a more complete go-to scorer. You know, end of the shot clock, uh, fourth quarter close game. I think he's better placed for that than Scoot Henderson right now. Just ability for him to shoot over people, his size, his ability to kind of, kind of like get in the mid-range, which I know we didn't see in college, but in, in uh, high school was definitely a strength of his. You know, he'll he'll string people out. He'll ISO people, probably like much more than Scoot really did. So I think this does give Charlotte a potential guy to put the ball in his hands, you know, let him make decisions and Lamella Ball to be able to play off him. Straight away, this team was one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the NBA last season. You've now just got probably the maybe the most versatile shooter in this draft class. And I also think he helps this team's defense as well. You imagine like him and Miles Bridges on the, on the wing together bridges with like the rim pressure, some of the ball handling bigger, stronger, then you get Miller space in the floor. There's a lot of ways that this can make sense. That's, that's true. Yeah. I don't want to be too low. I think there's also, there's been a history like guys, guys do get more athletic when they gain strength. They get a little older. You know, we saw it with Jason Tatum in college. I, I'm just kind of worried about the versatility of the jump shot um, as far as, you know, not only just in ISO situations, the low shot kind of scares me a little bit. Um, if he was a less athletic Paul George, that I would, I would love that. I would, that would be nice. I think Paul George is a better shooter. I'd be surprised if Brandon Miller turns into the shooter Paul George was, especially Paul George off the dribble. OKC era was a sniper, but I wouldn't be surprised as you said. There's a lot to like. I'm just talking myself into And when I say less athletic Paul George, what I probably mean is like a now Paul George because he's lost a lot of that bounce he had when he was in Indiana. I think, you know, it's it's weird because you're comparing a 18, well, 20-year-old. He's We know, well, no, he's 20. A lot of people pointed that out. Uh, you're comparing a 20-year-old to a 30-something-year-old and Paul George. Um, but I can see that Scoo Henderson just went number three. Uh, Damian Lillard trade request. Get that ready to be uh, sent in here, uh, potentially, or not, depending if you, you believe the report's coming out of Portland. Um, so how does this affect the rest of the draft? Looking at 27 now, do you think that Charlotte maybe try and target a guard? Maybe maybe a Marcus Sasser type? I think maybe this makes someone like Gigi Jackson, who is a similar kind of, Similar frame, similar, you know, projection as a player. 
I think that probably makes him a little bit less likely now. Um, anything else that you think plays into now later on in the draft in terms of how this how this impacts it? Oof. I'm still trying to process this a little bit, I think. Um, it's, um... I'm just, I mean, so I'm just, so my, I think my, where my head goes immediately is like, I think my top end comparison for Brandon Miller is probably like taller version of Chris Middleton. That probably is still just like an oversized shooting guard. So is the long-term plan to start Brandon Miller at the two and then Miles at the three and PJ at the four or to have Brandon Miller at the three and then start Terry at the two and start Miles at the four and bring PJ off the bench. So I think that whatever that plan is, one of like maybe Terry gets moved with this 27th pick if they see him as a two because it's kind of just like like where a weird allocation of resources to have like just a bigger version of a, like a versatile off ball shooter with some secondary yeah. playmaking and a smaller version of a versatile off ball shooter with secondary playmaking. Um, just like at the, at just kind of taking in the rotation together. Like you'd rather just have the big guy probably take all those minutes. The, and then the only challenge- three, like PJ is not long for this world, I would think. So a lot of ramifications to this that would not have happened. I, I don't think if they took scoot for other players on the roster, I mean, I just think it's difficult to make that like uh, you know move Terry because he can he'll be able to play the two tonight because you've not seen Brandon Miller on the floor in the NBA playing against guards yet and until you do I like I just think it's very 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 brave to go yeah you can play a position that you've never played before and like he used to play as a big in high school as a center like and you're then putting him in the pros as a shooting guard that's just a very very different system and to just make that assumption that he's able to do that is something that I would be concerned about. I'm not saying he couldn't, but I just think it's like, you want to wait and see before you jump to that conclusion. You always hear about it with great big men where it's like, Oh, Anthony Davis, he was only six two until his junior high school. So he's got all the skills of a guard and the body of a big man. It's like Brandon Miller. He's got the skills of a big man, but he plays shooting guards. And obviously that's not, that's not one-to-one. I'm, Later on, I think Brandon Miller is going to be really good. Uh, over under two and a half All Star games. Um, two and a half. Ooh, that's that's uh, over. I'm I have to say over the level of prospect. I think Brandon Miller is. I have to say over. Yeah, I think so. Um, especially with like the you know the 65 games played. Um, I think that like will will skew towards probably younger players getting more All Star. Uh, birth. Well, I guess that's for all NBA, isn't it? Not all star, actually. The minimum games, but yeah, I'm saying I'm saying over for for uh, yeah two and a half all star games. I think it's like a lot of that really depends on Charlotte's success. Like it's not even about the player half the time; it's about what the record the team has, and a lot of that is out of his hands. But I think if he's in a, on a playoff team, I think he'll get over two and a half. Oh. Uh. Do I really have? I mean, I want to be positive, so I'll say over two. Chris Middleton was a three time is a three time All Star. If, if yeah, he is a three time All Star. Um, so I'll, I'll yeah, I'll say over. I'll go with that. I'll stick with my tall Chris Middleton comparison. That that I think and that's you know, at least pretty positive. Anyway, a tall Chris Middleton is awesome. Yes, like, that's that is, exactly like tall Chris Middleton. Better is defensively as well. I want to point regular Chris like Middleton that. is a very offensively. Good player. I think you're right, but I think Brandon Miller. His like he has some big chase down blocks, which is something like mm-hmm. you see from elite wing prospects. You see that from LeBron. You saw that from Gerald Wallace. Shout out Crash. You saw that from you know younger Kawhi Leonard. 
um, you know, it's something that you see from elite wings who have like a good nose to the ball. And like one of the biggest things, and you'll see this in summer league when hopefully we'll get to see him play is he contests everything. He's never out the play. Like a guard gets past him. He gets back in the play and he contests from behind. He always has his hand up, uses his length well. And I, I just really like him as like always forcing people to make tough shots. Um, so that's, that's something that I really, I really like about Brandon Miller. And the, the key thing I will say, is because we're going to get this. He's going to go into Summer League. And I expect Scoot Henderson to be better in Summer League. And one, that is because it is built for guards. That's just how Summer League works. It's harder for wings and bigs. It is built for guards. Two, he's had mono since after the season finished. He was not able to train. He lost 15 pounds of muscle. To just assume that he can like just overcome basically like two months off basketball uh, within like a month when he's been flying around the country doing workouts and going through the pre-draft process. Um, I, I do think the sum, summer league, he could be disappointing, but I, I think there are some important things here. It's not just like a, I don't know, you break a finger, you're out for two weeks and then you come back and you can just play. Mono is something where like you were exhausted doing everything and it can affect you for months. Even though he's like training now, it doesn't mean he's fully recovered. He could still be like getting waves of tiredness and stuff like that. So that is one thing I just want to want to throw out there before we before we wrap up this part one here. Um, any any final closing thoughts here before we uh, wrap up? Just as the Houston Rockets about to make their pick on Brandon Miller being the number two overall pick. Any any closing thoughts from either of you? I I I, I seem as though I'm more negative. I do think that I think the the low ceiling high floor thing is not entirely accurate. I mean, I think if you know. He does improve because like athleticism does improve throughout the league finishing year to year actually, you know, peaks around like late twenties. It's not like early twenties. Like my thing touches a thing. Um, I think that the playmaking is promising. I, I get, I get the vision. I would have taken scoot, but like I, it's not, it's not a disaster. It, I think he could be a very good player as early as year one. Yeah. I think that's that's probably a good way to put it. It's, I mean, think of the long list of options that could have happened with this pick in terms of the trades that were floated, whether those were legitimate or not. I mean, it seems or like... Or if they didn't move up in the first place. They could be choosing right, between exactly. Anthony Buck and Cam Whitmore, right? Right. Uh, Amen Thompson just went number four to Houston. That's where the Hornets were supposed to be picking. So, I mean, I happen to have Amen Thompson above Brandon Miller on my board, uh, so that wouldn't be the worst thing. But, I mean, like... They, the Hornets are lucky to even be in this position that they're in now anyway. Uh, and they didn't do things that it seems like people really would have preferred them not to do, like trade the pick for Brandon Ingram or three and Shaden Sharp or something like that. So they at least, a, you know, picked the guy that they thought is going to be the second best player in the draft. And they were they right. They didn't give him to Brickfink. So well no, done. They did not. They, they, <laughs> they didn't they listen stick... to anyone else. Yeah. No, they did. St- they stick to their guns and they've done that in the last couple of drafts. And for the most part, it's worked out. So, I mean, we at least have to give them the benefit of the doubt here, I think until he what plays a... a game in the NBA, maybe. <laughs> one, uh, one last question for you guys. What, uh, what do you think the chances are? He's ever better than Brandon Ingram. <sighs> Um, so I think Brandon Ingram has had some health issues. So I think that's one, you know, if he can stay on the court more than Brandon Ingram, I think he could be a more impactful player, even if he's maybe not better game to game. I think he will be better defensively. And I think that's the big thing that I see that Brandon Ingram, 
was probably pretty good defensively early in his career in LA. And then things really tailed off when he got to New Orleans. And he is a pretty like lackadaisical style. I like, I kind of describe him like he kind of like really lives in the mid range. I think Brandon Miller is a much better three point shooter. I think he's a better defender. Um, probably not quite as good a finisher at the rim, probably not quite the creator that Brandon Miller is yet, but I do think he could evolve into that. So um, I think there's a chance. Yeah. Yeah, I probably I think there's a pretty strong chance of that too. I I, th- I think throughout this last like couple of weeks, I've discovered that I'm really not a Brandon Ingram guy in comparison to other people. I agree a lot with James. Like he he has scored, he is a one time All Star, zero time All NBA. So if we're looking at like the accolades bar to clear, like that's that's really not that all of that high to be perfectly frank. Uh, and then he's never averaged like a full 25 points per game. Only if you round up from like 24 and a half or something. Um, he's not the most efficient shooter in the world. As James said, he's been a pretty poor defender in the last couple seasons. Uh, he's a good playmaker, which he probably is a better playmaker than Brandon Miller, even uh, if Brandon Miller like develops in that skill and into his prime and whatnot. Uh, but I, I think the defensive edge is definitely going to give Miller an edge by the time that they're or Miller's in his prime anyway. All right. Well, that's going to do us for part one of the live draft reaction podcast. We'll be back for part two where we'll be breaking down some of the Hornets picks later in the draft, whether that be at 27, 34, wherever they end up. So we will catch you then. All right. Thank you guys for having me. Have a great night.